morning, good morning, sweet, beautiful Texas and beyond. That is the crooning of Frank Sinatra kicking things off for us right here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show powered by Dallas Safari Club. I'm your host, Cable Smith. Thanks to our presenting sponsors as well, Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. And thank you guys and gals for being here today as there is no place I'd rather be than right here talking hunting, fishing, the great outdoors and all that implies. And we've got a great show lined up for you today, so you know what to do by now. Pull up that stool a little closer to the campfire. Pour yourself another cup of coffee out of granddad's beat-up old Stanley Thermos. Yep, that green one that still has mud caked on it from the 2013 waterfowl season. Hey, maybe you put a little bit of uh, granddaddy's cough syrup in there. Maybe you don't. Either way, we're glad to have you, and we are ready to rock and roll. So here is what's on the docket for today. Off the top, it's a big buck tale for the ages. Uh, The legend of Super Buck, the Duval County, South Texas monster who at four and a half years old scored 208 inches. How do we know that? Because he was unceremoniously killed and transported across state lines. But there was a happy ending to this story as a, a private investigator was hired and Super Buck eventually would make his way back home to Texas although it would be as a mount rather than on the hoof. Uh, But this buck and the management strategy implemented by the ranch where Superbuck grew up on are uh, are worth talking about because this ranch had one of the strictest and most well-enforced management philosophies and plans that I've ever heard of. And and the proof's in the pudding. When you're growing 200-inch free-range deer at four and a half years old, I mean, you're doing something right. So... Lease manager Jim Stinson will be here in just a little bit, and we'll get into the saga of Superbuck and and his friend who ultimately stabbed him in the back and, and shot this deer. Uh, that's coming up here in just a minute. We'll spend a couple segments with Jim, and then uh, we'll be joined by our good friend Derek Ratliff of Horizon Firearms. We've got a lot to get into with Derek, the latest and greatest from both Horizon and IOTA Outdoors. They've got a new rifle stock coming out. And then uh, just as importantly, though, uh, much like myself and and many of you out there, Derek is a relatively new father. I mean, he's got a five-year-old son. I've got a five-year-old son. Many of y'all are in that same uh, demographic as as we are. And that begs the question, and it doesn't have to be a boy. I mean, girls can do this as well. Uh, We're seeing more and more girls get into shooting and hunting. But when is the right age to introduce your kid to firearms? Uh, There's not a right or wrong answer. But I think there's a right and wrong way to do that. So we'll get into that a little bit. And then also, what if you're right-hand dominant, left-eye dominant? Doesn't that create kind of a problem for accuracy when shooting a rifle or a shotgun? Derek gives us his take and what he was able to do for his son Ryder uh, in regards to that situation. So some interesting stuff on shooting coming up here in uh, just a little bit. And then we'll wrap up today's broadcast by taking a look at a recent article published by Nat Geo and written by Stephen Leahy, one that really paints the practice of trophy hunting. And call it what you want. If you're hunting a mature male, you know, if you're hunting a mature whitetail buck, elk, black bear, alligator, whatever, that practice of being a selective hunter truly is trophy hunting. And that's great. That's conservation. You want to take the old males unless... You are Stephen Leahy, and you've written this piece of garbage article 
in National Geographic titled Trophy Hunting May Drive Extinctions Due to Climate Change. Well, uh, the fact that this was even published blows me away. There is no science behind it. It's all just a bunch of outlandish claims, and some of them made by uh, people with PhDs that are probably more book smart than you or I could ever hope to be, but have about as much common sense or grasp of reality as a sack of hammers. I mean, literally. Uh, so I'm going to explain this article and the fallacies within it. One of our listeners actually sent it to me a couple weeks ago and asked if I would you know, give my take on it. So I said, you know what? This is actually a pretty good topic and one that uh, just goes to show you how far the other side is willing to go to try to make hunters look bad. And, uh, and in the process, they totally forget about what actually funds conservation uh, across the board. So we'll break that down here at the bottom of the hour as well. That's what's on the show for today. It's going to be a good one. A couple other things. Don't forget that uh, we are accepting submissions for our January-February photo of the month contest. Not sure what the prize is going to be yet, but hey, we are accepting submissions. So send those in to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com or use that LSOS photo contest hashtag on Instagram or post it on our Facebook page wall. We'll get you entered into the bi-monthly contest and then uh, our winners from 2018 will square off at the end of the year for a chance to uh, be our grand prize winner and go hunt trophy black buck or axis deer with me down at Coons Canyon Ranch in Rock Springs, Texas. Um, what else? Oh yeah, I'll be at Rudy's Barbecue in Allen, Texas today. That's right, today only, 12 to noon Every single person that comes in and says hi will get a Lone Star Beer camo cap, and we'll do a drawing every 15 minutes for a Lone Star Beer camo dove seat slash cooler as well. Uh, I've got a grand prize drawing going on for a pair of Costa sunglasses. So everyone that comes in will win something. We'll have Lone Star Outdoor Show stickers. We'll eat some barbecue and talk hunting and fishing. So come on out and see me. Rudy's Barbecue, 12 to noon, Allen, Texas, today only let's do a quick giveaway uh speaking of of lone star beer i've got an extra one right here lone star beer cap i've got one of those camo dove seat coolers hell we'll even throw in a lone star beer shirt all you have to do is be the third person to text in the word lone star that's lone star to 214-289-7807 and you could win the lone star beer prize pack uh let's take a break up next it's the legend of the superbug a tragic story with a somewhat happy ending coming at you next right here on the lone star outdoor show and they get by they get by we all get by by the grace of god we all get by Hey y'all, Cable here for Three Curl Outfitters. And whether you want to bow hunt hogs or get after them with thermal imaging and night vision, under the cover of darkness, Three Curl has you covered. They've got the latest and greatest thermal imaging and night vision technology. They hunt unlimited, I mean, just thousands upon thousands of acres of ag fields. Or if you're a bow hunter and you want to sit in a stand and wait for the hog to come to you, uh, they can do that as well. Check it out, threecurl.com to book your next hog hunt. Hi, I'm Craig Boddington. I'd like to invite you to become a member of Dallas Safari Club, one of the world's leading hunting and conservation organizations. As a member, you'll receive Game Trails magazine, a monthly newsletter, and invitations to our monthly meetings and special activities. Join Dallas Safari Club, an international organization based in Dallas, supporting hunting and conservation worldwide. 
For more information, call 800-9-GO-HUNT or visit our website at www.biggame.org. Howdy folks, I'm Lee Hoffbear for Hoffbear's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. I hope you're enjoying the Lone Star Outdoor Show. We've been a title sponsor for a number of years now, and we're proud to be a part of it. I'd also like to thank you for making Hoffbear's once again the number one Polaris dealer in Texas. Please keep buying your Polaris products from us. Send us your friends, your neighbors, all your hunting buddies, and I promise we'll keep giving the best deals on a brand new Polaris in all of Texas. Whether you're looking for a Polaris for work or play, whether you need a regular Ranger or maybe a Ranger Crew, an RZR, they've got an all-new Ace that you need to come test drive. We've also got four-wheelers from a youth model all the way up to the all-new Sportsman 1000. For your Polaris headquarters, Hoff Powers Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas is who you need to see all or get on the web and contact today. You can check us out at hpolaris.com. That's H's in Hoff Power, polaris.com. Or you can come see us at Highway 84 West in Gulfway, Texas. And folks, Hoff Powers has been in Central Texas for over 50 years now, and we couldn't have stuck around this long if we were steering you wrong. Hey y'all, Cable here for my good friends over at Outlaw Outfitters. This veteran-owned and operated outfit will put you on the ducks, to say the least. I've been hunting with them for, gosh, four or five years now. They also do uh, deer, hog, and turkey as well. They have over 15,000 acres they hunt in Collin, Grayson, and Fannin counties. Whether you want to do a turnkey, you know, one morning waterfowl hunt, or a complete weekend package with authentic Cajun cooking and lodging, it's all right there within an hour of the Metroplex, and you can find them at huntoutlaw.com. Yeah, cause I lost my job Bills getting bigger Got to cry Baby, fat lose my mind Hundred dollar habit Ain't got a penny Woman ran off with a friend of mine I can't keep a job I'm Yeah, it's about to take my kids Trying to get well I keep getting sick Finger on the trigger is the name of that one from Brandon Jenkins Bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show Powered by Dallas Fire Club on Cable Smith, and it is great to be here talking outdoors with you today. Uh, thanks to our presenting sponsors, Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. We are all set to hear a big buck tale for the ages, one that uh, for a couple years uh, really didn't have a happy ending. And when a big deer gets poached, eh, maybe there isn't a happy ending, but at least in this situation there was closure for a group of specific South Texas deer hunters. So we'll be joined by lease manager Jim Stinson here momentarily for the legend of Superbuck. But first, this segment of the show is proudly brought to you by Pulsar Night Vision and Thermal Imaging Technology. If you're looking to change the game under the cover of darkness, then check out their full lineup of thermal scopes. I've got the Pulsar Trail XP50. It's got an internal recorder. That's right, all you do is hit record, and it will capture your entire hunt. It's that easy. Plus, uh, the Pulsar Trail is the latest and greatest in an elite lineup of thermal optics. You can find it all at PulsarNV.com, and you'll save 20% off any thermal or night vision optic if you use my promo code LONESTAR. All right, uh, well, let's go ahead and jump into the legend of the Super Buck, a buck that mysteriously went missing back in 2014. Uh, a couple years later, though, there was reconciliation for the leaseholders on this particular lease. And joining us now is the lease foreman, Jim Stinson. Thanks for being here. Well, it's good to, good to be here. Good to visit with you. Well, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. And you know, we're going to get into a, a most interesting story regarding a South Texas deer named Superbuck. 
but before we discuss his ill-fated demise, tell us about this unique deer property. Uh, I know you guys have a pretty stringent management plan. So uh, first of all, where is y'all's lease located uh, and how big is it? We hunt on a Duval County ranch. It's about seven miles south of Freer, uh-huh. right on uh, Highway 59. It's 138,000 acres. Oh, wow. Extremely, extremely well managed. We'll talk a little bit about some of your management policies, but I imagine the goal, um, you know, with growing big bucks is to have old bucks and young does. Is that kind of what you guys adhere to? Well, what we do, the Texas, it's an MLD ranch at Texas Parks and Wildlife. They do our, our game survey and they make our harvest recommendations, and that's pretty much what we go by. Sure. We don't shoot uh, young deer. We try to shoot mature bucks six and a half years old, and we try to keep our buck doe, uh, doe ratio, you know, intact. Right now we're probably 1.1 to 1, which is, you really can't get much better than that. Right. Uh, on the on the on the bucks, uh, we don't shoot spikes. Uh, we don't shoot young deer. You'll never grow a trophy buck by killing young bucks. Sure, it's not going to happen. So, uh, one thing we do there that is kind of different to most pieces, we can't shoot a trophy buck until before he has a chance to breed. They're trying to preserve the genetics. The genetics are true South Texas genetics. There's never been any deer imported in. Uh-huh. Okay. And and you all section is what, 10,000 acres of it, you said? Roughly 9,000 acres, 8,500 to 9,000 acres. Uh-huh. Uh, we concentrate, we try to kill all of our doe. We harvest all the doe before Thanksgiving. In that time period, too, we harvest uh, any management bucks or call bucks. We don't shoot any trophies until after December the 20th. Oh, December. Okay. So after the rut, yeah. is the rut's very late down there in that part of the world. I've hunted in uh, Webb County with a buddy yes, over sir. the years quite a few times. And it's like you could still see a little rutting, you know, post-rut going on on Christmas Day. So uh, right. it's definitely later than the rest of the world. That's for sure. Let me ask you this. What constitutes a call buck? Well, a call buck would be a deer that's five and a half years old. That's uh, a six point. Any deer that's genetically, you'd want to get out of the gene pool. Management bucks are a buck that's six and a half years old, and it doesn't make any difference if he's got 12 points or 18 points. If he scores less than one party, he's a management deer. Okay. So, yeah, very, very strict uh, policy here. Um, And, you know, I mean, you guys stick to it, and and that's why you, you grow some incredible deer. What's the average trophy score? Over the last, let's just say, decade, what are your, what are the lease members uh, bringing in? It varies year to year. A lot of that depends on your rainfall, and it, it, it just depends on a lot of things. All of the lease members on this entire ranch are with the program as far as feeding cotton seed and protein, and really try to try to take care of the deer. Uh-huh. Uh, I would think the average uh, trophy would probably be at the low 160s and that's just a guess we we've killed some deer that the in the 190s and a few in the 200s but then there's a lot of them that are in the 150s and 160s well it's still a hell of a deer obviously and 
Well, exactly. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with them. No, I mean, shoot, I'd kill to have a shoot a 160-inch uh, free-range deer. <laughs> you know, I mean, but it's not a cheap lease. I mean, it's $10,000 a guy per year, uh, but you guys have this management plan. You feed cotton seed, you feed protein, uh, and the goal is to grow big bucks uh, and have a, a well and have a well-managed deer herd. Exactly. If somebody wants to kill a lot of deer, this is not the place they need to go. Uh, this is strictly trying to uh, harvest trophy bucks. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, uh, people want to tell you they're, um, oh, I'm just a meat hunter. You can't eat the horns. But that guy, if a 160 and a 120 walk out and he's got one tag, he's going to shoot the 160 every time. So, you know. Every time. We all love big racks. We all love venison. Um Let's uh let's talk about the um the desired results because you know we had we had this buck named Superbuck showed up and I guess this had to be you know the pinnacle for when you're saying you know you already knew your management plan was working but if you're trying to maybe grow a state record or who knows the sky's the limit I guess but but this guy got you all very excited. Well, yeah, we we started watching a deer when he was a uh... Uh, you know, just a year, and, and we could tell that he was going to be something special. Uh, and he just got better each year. Uh, when when the deer was shot and taken out illegally, uh, he scored 208, was four and a half years old. Jeez. I would think that he would have probably, he could have very easily ended up a, a 220. Yeah. And, what, and so you what know. is a deer that's at four and a half? going over 200 inches what does he look like as a yearling because i'm very curious well he was he was an eight point but he was real high he had real long brow tines and uh, of course the next year uh he was either 10 or 12 i can't remember but uh you know he just got better and better uh-huh. and uh he was he was pretty uh pretty docile he stayed in this one area and if you took somebody down there just about any time you could go down there and you could see there's probably seven or eight does right there with him and he really had no reason to leave that's why when he ended up missing we knew that something was wrong sure sure well and i don't want to talk about that there's a lot to that story uh but let's do this let's just work in a quick commercial break here when we come back we'll find out what exactly happened to Superbuck. sound good that'd be fine Perfect. And that segment was brought to you by Rudy's True Texas-style barbecue. I'll be out at the uh, Rudy's in Allen, Texas from noon until 2 today. Come on out, say hi, grab a plate of barbecue, a delicious smoked turkey. That's my favorite. Of course, they've got brisket, sausage, all the sides and fixings as well. And get this, I'll be giving away a Lone Star Beer camo cap to anybody who comes in and stops by the table. I've also got Lone Star Outdoor Show stickers and... We will do drawings for Lone Star Beer camo dub seat slash coolers every 15 minutes. That's right. Every 15 minutes, we'll give one away. So come on out. Rudy's Barbecue, noon to 2, Allen, Texas. It's by the Cabela's out there. This afternoon only, we'll see you out there, and we'll be right back with more on Superbuck with Jim Stinson right here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Now there's two more tears in Texas tonight. One more.
Do you have a hog problem at your ranch or deer lease? We have the solution. The System Hog Trap comes in two sizes, 17-foot and 30-foot diameter traps. After you trap the hogs, take the top section off the trap and use it for another feeder site to keep the hogs away from the feeder. The System is both a trap and a deer food plot fence. That way you don't waste your money on just a hog trap. Call 940-391-3669 or visit www.goinfencing.com. That's goinfencing.com. Cable Smith here for Deerview Windows. As a whitetail hunter, nothing is more frustrating than poor visibility in a deer blind. It can flat ruin a hunt. At Deerview Window Company, they manufacture windows solely for the use in deer stand and deer blinds. All of their windows and doors can be custom made to fit your specific openings. Or you can select from standard sizes from hinged windows to sliding windows and everything in between. Visit DeerviewWindows.com to determine which style window is best for your deer blind. Plus, you'll get a free quote. Deerview Windows, where visibility matters. Hey, it's Cable for DontTradeItIn.com. If you've got an old four-wheel drive vehicle that you don't need anymore, or you want to upgrade your daily driver or hunting rig to a newer one, DontTradeItIn.com wants your vehicle running or not. Their purchase process is quick, easy, and painless. Answer a few questions and get a cash offer in no time. They'll beat CarMax and dealership buy bids, guaranteed. Head over to DontTradeItIn.com or call or text Justin at 469-300-9669. That's 469-300-9669. Howdy friends, Cable Smith here, and many of you have seen my pictures throughout the last hunting season of my custom 7 mag. That rifle was built by Horizon Firearms. Horizon Firearms is a custom rifle builder here in Texas, located in College Station, and they specialize in extremely accurate custom rifles designed exactly the way you want them. Give them a call at 979-229-4664 or check them out at horizonfirearms.com. I look south and see the storm clouds roll On their way to old Mexico I don't want to be alone And the rays of light through my shiner box bottle Make me want to turn the key and put down the throttle Cable Smith welcoming everybody back to the Lone Star Outdoor Show powered by Dallas Safari Club Somewhere down in Texas, classic there from Jason Boland. And uh, somewhere down in Texas, a giant buck, affectionately nicknamed Super Buck, was killed by a, a very greedy and selfish hunter. And we'll continue with that once-in-a-lifetime story of a South Texas giant here in just a second. But first, this segment is proudly brought to you by Dallas Safari Club, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. Uh, we had a great turnout for Legacy 2018 a couple weeks ago at our annual convention. Uh, thank you to everyone who showed up. Uh, got to meet a lot of you guys and gals out there, and that's always a treat. Um, hopefully some of y'all booked those bucket list hunting trips. Uh, I saw others uh, shopping for custom rifles. The wives were all uh, into the furs and paintings. I mean, there's something for everybody. But anyway, uh, we'd like to get you involved with DSC. We've got a chapter system now. It's nationwide. For more information, go to our website. It's biggame.org. All righty, all righty. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get back into it here with Jim Stinson. He is the lease manager of a very strictly managed South Texas whitetail property. Uh, Jim, we appreciate you sticking around through the break, man. Certainly enjoying the conversation here. Yes, sir. No problem. So we talked a little bit about this deer, uh, Super Buck, who unfortunately was poached on uh, this 
amazing whitetail property with a great management plan, one that you guys adhere to religiously. It's an expensive lease, and, and for good reason. Guys want to hunt trophy deer there, um, and, and that's how you guys grow big ones is you, is you are strict. Uh, you only shoot mature bucks six years old and up. Uh, but about four years ago, you, you had a, a one-and-a-half-year-old buck that was an eight-point. So already off to a great start. He had big brows, uh, tall brows, and he only got better from there. At what point in his life were you like, well, let's call this guy Super Buck? Well, at at two and a half, he was he just got where he was huge. I would think that when when he was uh, two and a half, he was probably had to be close to you know one fifty. Holy moly! I mean, he 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 was huge. <laughs> then uh, then at three and a half, he just got better. And I think I can't remember exactly. I think he ended up he was nineteen points. Uh, when they shot him, but uh, he had uh, long brow tines, uh, long G2, G3, G4s. He had a lot of mass. He was just an absolute super bug. Yeah. Well, and so you guys, you know, you realize you've got this deer who's probably going to push 200 inches, um, only four and a half years old, and y'all can't shoot him until he's six, but you guys took it a step further and kind of made a pact amongst yourselves. Uh, what did y'all decide to do with this deer? Well, we would have never shot him. What we were going to do, my plan this, this the year he got shot, is we were going to uh, get his sheds. You know, we, we could have found his sheds, and we were going to mount the sheds. Uh-huh. Now, to me, that's a lot better than killing him. Genetically, we really wanted him in a gene pool. So we were going to just uh, collect the sheds and have those mounted. And anybody that wanted them out, we could have, you know, got a replica made. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what we all agreed to. Uh, I just think it would have been really foolish if you're trying to grow big deer to kill him. So you all agreed to just let him basically live out through his old age. Well, that's, we would have liked him to, to die of old age. Sure, sure. With the caveat of if he was going to maybe be a world record, you'd revisit it then. So. Well, it would have, uh, and not to say that he would have been a world record, but he would have been a world-class deer in our area. Sure. You know, uh, so we were just, uh, absolutely. You know, we felt that we were very fortunate to have a chance to have that kind of an animal on, on the lease. And to have a giant like that that's so docile, but you, like you said, not too afraid of people, kind of usually in the same area, you know, those big bucks typically are, are, well, there's no doubt about it. They are the most shy out of all. They're the most cunning. That's how they get big. Um, so to be able to kind of interact and, and document this deer, uh, who's regular on tra- trail cameras and in the same area, that's even more rare. Deer usually won't travel over a mile radius where they're born other than the rut or drought conditions. And as far as him leaving, uh, you know, this is a low-fence ranch. He he could have left at any time, and if he got shot, well, there's really nothing we could do about it. But the the people on the leases around us, they wouldn't have shot him. Of course, you never know. They might have. And if they did, then so be it. There's nothing we could have said. It's an MLD ranch, and they didn't fill out the paperwork. Of it. The deer was shot, and he was stuck out of the ranch. Ah. And was not tagged. Yeah. With the MLD tag. Okay. Then he crossed the state line. 
Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I want to get. I want, yeah, and I want to get into that too, uh, because I was wondering, because you know there was there's more story as to how the deer was recovered and and the poacher, um, you know, I guess found out. And I, it's a fellow named Skip Weiner, all the way from Boise, Idaho. So he comes from Idaho to hunt this place. That tells you how amazing the deer are down there. Yeah, and he had hunted with me for several years. He had hunted on a place over in Oilton. And then when we moved over to the Duval County Ranch, he came over there. And, uh, you know, uh, we I never suspected that he would kill the deer. Of course he did, but uh, right. we, we sure didn't think that he would have done that. Yeah, yeah. Well, so <laughs> you guys typically, you know, like a lot of deer leases, members come in. Maybe they come in on Thursday or Friday, hunt the weekend, and then they go back to the real world and, and back to their jobs and wait to come back the next weekend, right? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Is there anything stipulating, you know, you can't hunt during the week? Oh, no, you can hunt anytime you want to. You have to be on the lease. And uh, at, at that particular time, I think we had eight lease members, and nobody can hunt without a lease member. In other words, if I bring a guest, he has to hunt with me. He can't hunt by himself. Right. Sure. Well, so everybody packed up and went home except for Skip that weekend. Everybody left. It was right before Christmas, and Skip was going to stay, and he wanted to visit his uh, his aunt in Del Rio that was real old, and he wanted to visit her. And he said he was going to spend a night hunting next morning and then go to Del Rio. We got back after Christmas. Skip called and said that he was going to have to go back to Boise, Idaho. His wife had slipped and fell down and broke her ankle. Meanwhile, we never saw the superbug. Well, then we got to looking for him. That morning, the people at the ranch, they were at a, a big warehouse close to our one of our pastures. They heard the shot, and they heard it hit. And huh. uh, they started to go down there, but they said, no, nah, they thought maybe he had shot a hog or something, so they didn't go. So we knew that Skip had shot that Monday morning. Mm. He was the only one there. Yeah. And so that really, really got me to thinking, and uh, it was just hard for me to believe that he would have done that. But the more we checked on it, the more that we uh, believed that he did shoot it. Hmm. So a lot of time passed, and uh, he had called and said he had left a tripod and some stuff at the ranch and said he was going to fly back to Texas and pick it up and wanted to come down the ranch and get what stuff he had there. And I told him that'd be fine. I'd meet him down there. So I met him, and he spent the night. We went into town at 8. Nothing was ever said about the Superbug. Meanwhile, I'd hired a private detective Hmm. in in Idaho that checked all of the taxidermists, checked everything, and even went to his house that was for sale up in the mountains. And he posed as a potential home buyer. And uh, he had a trio, what they call a trio. That's a world-class mountain goat, a world-class elk, and he needed a world-class whitetail. And he had always said he would really like to get a big whitetail. Hmm. <laughs> and it dawned on me, why, you know, that he probably had one. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, gosh. We waited. And then I got an email from a friend of mine that said that Skip had just almost admitted that he had shot the deer. Well, I got we got all the information, got everything together, and I went to the game warden there in Freer, man named Jesse Garcia, and he. Uh, and this is after the private he, investigator has seen the deer in his house at this point. No, the the deer 
the investigator never found a deer in the house. Oh, he didn't? Okay. At any rate, we got enough information to where they sent it to the federal game wardens in Idaho, and uh, they got a search warrant that went out there Christmas Eve next year, and they knocked on the door and uh, told them they were U.S. federal game wardens. They had a search warrant for the premises. They're looking for a deer. And he said, oh, my God. He said, he, he's right in here. Wow. Walked in there, and uh, they got the deer. Come on home, and the, and the deer now is, uh, we have a, a replica of the deer made, and uh, the deer is, Texas Parks and Wildlife has a deer now, and he's on what they call the the wall of shame. Oh, yeah. That's uh, some, some bucks that were taken illegally, and they take it to different schools to teach kids about hunting and how not to hunt. Yeah. And uh, so... That's it. And what happened to Skip up in Idaho, I don't have any idea, but I think his fines in Texas were in excess of 30000 Good. Uh, <laughs> from, from Texas. He could have bought a lot of ribeye steaks for that. Shoot. Yeah, he could have. He could have. Well, and, and, you know, point is, he stole from the other lease members. He stole from, you know, the state by uh, failing. Technically, maybe if he would have checked it in, I'm sure you guys would have kicked it off, kicked them off the lease, and there would have been a lot of bad blood there. But legally, I don't know, you know, I don't know what would happen. If, if he would have checked it in, we would have been furious. We would have ran him off, but that would have been the end of it. You, you know, there's nothing legally that we could have done. Sure, sure. So, uh, but he made the mistake of leaving the ranch without putting the MLD tag on him. Yeah, and. Uh, but as as fate would have it, anytime you do something like that, you need to be caught. And I was just glad that he, I was sad that he did it, but I was glad that he didn't get away with it. And the deer is back, uh, you know, where it should be. Sure. What a terrible way to go for the for a buck like that, um, to be honest with you. One that all the other lease members were in agreement, let's let this deer live. He's a once-in-a-lifetime yes. buck. Let's let him sow his wild oats until he just dies of old age, you know. And that has to be a hard thing to do because I'm sure everybody, everybody wanted to be Skip. Everybody wanted to shoot that buck, but they weren't going to do it. Well, but everybody wanted to show him to people, and and, and like if we had a guest come, uh, they'd go said uh, we could uh, we could go to that blind, and every day here he comes, and you'd see him, and that was really an awesome sight to see those horns coming through that front. <laughs> We would have never shot him. Luckily, we, uh, you know, we he, he bred a couple of seasons, and uh, I'm sure we have some of his offspring. We have some some uh, three or four year old deers that really favor him. You know, they're not not as good as he was, but uh, they have a lot of his characteristics. Well, that's good to hear. You know, you, you hate hearing about these stories, but big bucks make people do stupid things. Uh, it happens every year in every state. You know, it's just it's just one of those things. Our other story is you can come to Texas and you can kill a big buck and you can sneak him out, but you better go further than Boise, Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not quite far enough. <laughs> I'm glad that there's a semi-happy ending to this story. Uh, well, yeah, you know, we, we we were just glad that we recovered the buck yeah. and, and we exposed him. Well, you know, that, that area of South Texas, it just goes to show you that, uh, you know, you got the Midwest, you got South Texas. Um, and those are, in my opinion, you know, maybe Kansas as well. Uh, but 
those are the three places where you're going to find those 200-inch deer, you know. And uh, with a good management plan, uh, the right feed, hey, who knows what could happen. Who knows how big Superbuck could have gotten. Um, but to be 200 inches at four and a half years old is insane. So It's absolutely amazing to see that. Well, Jim, thanks for your time. People can read uh, more on the story in Outdoor Hub. Uh, you can also see photos of Superbuck on our website and uh, social media outlets. So truly worth admiring a hell of a deer man and, and um congrats on a, an awesome management plan it's nice to see uh, the fruits of your labor there you go well i appreciate you visiting with me i enjoyed it all right i did as well thanks again yes sir thank you all right jim stinson duval county texas the legend of the super buck uh somewhat of a happy ending there anyway but a great story uh nonetheless uh, you know, truly an amazing white-tailed deer uh, that segment of the presentation brought to you by Scent Blaster. If you're looking to change the game, you need to get a Scent Blaster because it doesn't matter. as long If you use scents at all, any kind of scent-based attractant, Scent Blaster is a better mousetrap. No more dried-out wicks. You get more scent out, and you get it out for longer. And listen, just because deer season might be over for you, hey, works great on hogs as well. I've seen it firsthand. Got lots of trail cam pictures of hogs coming into my Scent Blaster filled with uh, vanilla extract. Check it out. You can find it at scentblaster.net. Well, let's take a break. Up next, we check in with our old buddy Derek Ratliff of Horizon Firearms. All you parents out there with younger kids um, that are coming into the, the age where, hey, maybe it's time to get them their first gun. I'm right there in that demographic as well, and uh, as is Derek. So we'll get into that next right here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. After one long siesta, I came wide awake in the night. I was startled by someone who shadowed. Hey y'all, Cable here for my good friends over at Outlaw Outfitters. This veteran-owned and operated outfit will put you on the ducks to say the least. I've been hunting with them for gosh four or five years now. They also do a deer hog and turkey as well they have over 15,000 acres they hunt in Collin, grayson and fannin counties whether you want to do a turnkey you know one morning waterfowl hunt or a complete weekend package with authentic cajun cooking and lodging it's all right there within an hour of the metroplex and you can find them at huntoutlaw.com in the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of Dallas and Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, and now McKinney. Visit BobcatofDallas.com or call 469-586-0000. Hey, y'all. Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Hey, this is Chris Knight, and you're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. I was Rain 
the little Chris Knight bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show powered by Dallas Safari Club. Cable Smith riding shotgun with you today. Thank you, thank you for being here. It's a treat to be talking hunting and fishing with you guys and gals. Uh, I do appreciate it. And we've got uh, an interesting topic to get into. Actually, a couple things. Uh, the latest and greatest from IOTA Outdoors with IOTA President Derek Ratliff, also the president of Horizon Firearms, our longtime custom rifle maker. And also, much like myself and many of you out there, Derek is a relatively young father. I mean, we're both in our mid-30s. He's got a, uh, a five-year-old, I think, uh, Ryder's five, a five-year-old son. And Henry just turned five, my boy. And, and, you know, whether your kid is three or five or seven or nine, um, it's totally up to the parent to decide based on their child's maturity level. And, and we all know our own kids, but it's our job to decide when the right time is for them to get their first gun. And whether that's a BB gun or a rifle, um, that's a lot of responsibility for a parent. So we're going to get into that here in just a second. And then also, what if you're right hand, left eye dominant? Uh, how does that translate into being a successful uh, shooter, whether that's with a, with a rifle or a shotgun? Um, it can make things pretty tricky. Uh, Derek will tell you what he did for his boy uh, as well. So that's what's coming up. But first, this segment of the presentation is proudly brought to you by All Seasons Feeders and Blinds. That's right. Um, All Seasons is the name that I trust. And when it comes to feeders, uh, it's just so easy. I mean, how could you not want the 600-pound stand and fill? No ladder, no back in the truck up next to your feeder. You just stand there and you dump your corn or protein in the feeder. It's that easy. And they have a 300 model as well. You can find it at allseasonsfeeders.com. Well, let's go ahead and take a listen to our recent discussion with Derek Ratliff of IOTA Outdoors and Horizon Firearms. We actually sat down and taped this at the uh, 2018 Dallas Safari Club convention two weeks ago. So without further ado, here he is, our good buddy Derek Ratliff. Absolutely, man. I love it. We usually we usually do this over the phone, but uh, every January we get to meet up at DSC and, and get together and, and visit live in person. This so, is a lot more fun. Yeah, I like it, it, <laughs> I it like this. It is. <laughs> uh, so you guys have some cool stuff coming up, both on the uh, IOTA front and uh, Horizon. But first of all, uh, for anyone that's listening today that isn't familiar with IOTA, yep. uh, tell us a little bit about what you guys do. So with IOTA, was was kind of created out of a spinoff of Horizon Firearms. And what we do is uh, scope mounts, anti-cants, and custom stocks. And when I say custom stocks, we do a hand-laid carbon fiber composite molded in color stock line for custom rifles. And, okay, and that's what I that's what I have on my seven mag yep. is the uh, Crux, which is great. weighs twenty seven ounces, and I and I always like to hit home on that because as someone who enjoys hunting the backcountry yeah. and walking my tail off a lot of the time, uh, you know I, I count those ounces. Well, what so. I like about your gun specifically, a lot of guys think that they have to have carbon fiber and all this stuff to go lightweight, but your gun, you know, being a steel barrel, spiral fluted, and that contour and that stock looks slick, yeah. but it's still super light. You yeah. know, you oh, wouldn't yeah. think that of a steel gun, but it, it handles really well. And I and I recently took off that, <laughs> and I love the scope. It was the Vortex Razor. Yeah. Uh, awesome scope. Too heavy for too, me. Too big for I that. Put yeah. a, I put a different Vortex on there, and uh, made a world of difference. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. 
But uh, okay, so you have some cool stuff uh, coming up, which I believe will be unveiled at Shot Show. Correct. Yeah, we may we may give some guys a sneak peek today, but you know, I'll go ahead and spoiler alert here. We've been asked quite a bit on the IOTA side to do an adjustable cheek piece stock. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're when you're talking about scopes like the Razor that are that are taller scopes that need higher mounts, uh, that adjustable cheek piece is is pretty important. So what we did this year. After we left DSC, we immediately started working on an adjustable cheek piece stock. And so we're calling it the clutch, and it actually has kind of a molded-in adjustable cheek piece, a little different than what you traditionally see, um, but it has the same feel that everybody likes in our Kremlin. Thumb detents on both sides, a stock that shooters are really going to like, but not an overly heavy adjustable cheek piece stock. So uh, very excited about that. Yeah, heck yeah. And it's called the clutch. The clutch, okay. Yep. Crux, Kremlin, and, and the, the clutch. clutch. Yeah, awesome. keeping that K thing. And what is it as far as like uh, the design? Is it going to be lightweight or kind of in the middle? Or? Yeah. So you know, when you look at precision rifle stuff, a lot of guys like to have a little more weight to the the gun. Sure. You know, little uh, little. It's so different know, when you're yeah you're in elk country with one, right one shot. You know, that's all you need. Right. And you're shooting over and over again. You know, we're looking at this stock though. You know, it, it, the, we've done several here, test through, whatever. I mean, they're they're ranging in the three two to three four, you know, as far as weight goes, which really in that category comes in pretty light. You know, you're, you're normally looking at closer to a four pound in in that category. So we've been overly pleased at the actual weight of the stock. You know, when okay. we went to do it, we're like, you know, we're ex we'll accept something a little bit higher weight, but it has a lot of the detents and stuff on the side that the uh, crux does. Right. It kind of gives it that cool look and actually takes the weight out. Very cool. Very cool. Now on the horizon front, I understand mm -hmm. we've got a new gun uh, yeah. coming up here yeah. as well. Yeah, so um, we're actually going to take that same clutch stock yeah. and instead of doing our operative model like we've been doing, we've kind of combined the two platforms together and actually dropped the price quite a bit. So we've got a, a 48.99 price point on a straight up precision rifle, M24 contoured, uh, uh, you know, basically spiral fluted it looks slick and adjustable that you could either go hunting with or go straight to the precision rifle matches with right on right so on. we're gonna like i said that'll be another thing you'll see from us at shot as well <laughs> <laughs> but uh, i'm excited about that one man i think that's gonna be one that that um, people really like yeah. you know the, the operative we've seen people move away from chassis stocks a lot you know with the new administration and stuff we've seen some changes and people seem to want more lightweight you know type build sure, so that's, that's sure. kind of where we went with this build and we've talked about how the industry has shifted since mm -hmm. the election uh we're glad that you know president trump got elected obviously right. uh and it's no secret though that that had a profound effect on the firearms industry oh man it changed it in all kinds yeah. of ways not bad for you guys because you right. even said in the past now people are going away from black rifles and more saying, yep. okay, I don't need a safe full of these anymore. Right, exactly. I can uh, spend a little money on, on something that I really want. Oh, yeah. And like we were talking a Not lot. Not buying out of fear. Right. That's <laughs> the big key. We were talking a lot with some industry guys yesterday about this, and, and it feels more, for us, it feels more right. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, bolt guns, and it's, it's fun to see bolt guns always come back. And and that's you know that's that's the steady piece of the business because I mean it's a gun you're going to hand down to your grandkids oh, yeah. right yeah. and 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 that's the kind of fun piece about what we do yeah and that's the gun that I, before I got into hunting I grew up playing sports yeah fishing my dad's a huge bass fisherman and I remember as a kid my grandfather had a safe full of guns well you know he was getting older and no one really expressed any interest in them right he got rid of them. Oh, man. <laughs> but I got three of them, and one of them is a Finnish uh, bolt action. Oh, cool. 243. Uh, I'm trying to remember the make of it. It's a, 
It's not a real popular one, but so, it might be a Seiko. It sounds like it could be. Okay, yeah, I think yeah. I, yeah, it is a Seiko. It is a Seiko. Got that? I got a Browning Sweet Sixteen. Nice, nice. And uh, I got a uh, Marlin Thirty Thirty. Nice. So hey, the I classic got, lever gun. Yeah. yeah. And I shot them out line. I was about I, to yeah. ask. That's awesome, I didn't, man. I didn't. I didn't take the horizon. Something hey, no. about shooting a cat out of a tree at 30 yards just i felt like the scope when everything oh, was overkill so now we've tried it i'm jealous i will say i'm a little jealous we, we went on a 10-day hunt in um, colorado to do the same thing yeah. and open science definitely the way to go in that country but uh we'll say i'm i'm a little jealous that you got uh, the cat well it took 18 <laughs> days so I, you it's know, hard we paid our dues on that, on that people deal. overlook that they, you know they think hey look we're gonna run dogs and it's gonna be easy and all this kind of stuff that's not the case I no, mean, you know no you've no. done it several times yes um, going back to our kids, though. Yeah. Uh, I have a five-year-old son, mm-hmm. and you have a five-year-old yep. son. And, and a couple weeks ago, I put on uh, our Facebook, what's the appropriate age to give a kid a BB gun? Right. And some people said three, and some people said six. And, right. You know, I felt for, you know, as a parent, you know your kid. Right. I said, my son's ready to have a BB gun. Right. I'm not going to ask his mom if it's okay. Right. His dad gets, <laughs> you know, host a hunting show for a living, so... We're just going to do it. Do it, right. <laughs> Ask for forgiveness, <laughs> not uh, permission. Uh, and uh, so Henry's enjoyed shooting that. Mm-hmm. Gun's a little bit too big for yep. him. Uh, yep. You fixed that for your son yep. and it, on his Red Rider. Yeah, it's an interesting deal. So, you know, so my boy's name is Ryder. And so on birthday one zero, whatever, we actually bought a Red Rider gun and I kept it uh-huh. and gave it to him last year. And one thing that just, you know, coming from the gun side that really disappointed me is, man, all the BB guns have a crazy long length of pull. The triggers are six pound plus, <laughs> yeah. you know. The triggers. safety is like the, six pounds. Oh, the safety is so hard. He had to double push the safety. Yeah, which and is wh- not safe. No, no. And what, what I watched him do is more get frustrated than it, I thought it was helping him. So, I mean, I, I went straight to the shop and cut the length of pull down and worked on it where he could manage it. Now, he was still using three fingers to pull the trigger, yeah. but we got the concept down. And mainly got the concept of safety, pointing it, you know, let him carry it around, unload it, and make sure he was handling all that right. And so I told my wife this year, I said, not only do I want to, I want to give him a real gun, right? Because I want him to shoot deer next year, really. Uh And so we turned around and we we actually got a stiller action and built him a custom 22 long rifle with a 9-inch length of pull and a 16-inch barrel. Awesome. And the thing shoots phenomenal. I mean, (laughs) we're talking one whole groups, you know, my brother and I have shot half dollar size rocks at, at uh, 100 yards with it and uh, got him started. But the interesting thing about it, we learned pretty quickly, he's actually left eye dominant, which is something that, that I didn't realize was as popular as it seems to be. Yeah. And, it's, and from a right-handed guy, my first thought was, oh, no, you know, I have all these guns I want him to inherit. What am I going to do, you know? And so I actually talked to a customer of mine who's done a lot of guns with us who's left eye dominant, actually left-handed. But most of the guns we built for him, let's say we've done 20 guns, um, the only one has ever been left-handed. So I called him up and said, why? You know? yeah. He said, well, think about it. With a lefty, you can keep your hand on the, you know, on the gun, on the grip, and you can work the bolt with your right-handed, and you never have to pull your head off. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a novel concept. Yeah. And so, you know, my boy, he took his first rabbit with a gun. I, you know, set up some clay pigeon. Awesome picture. Yeah. Oh man, it was fun. <laughs> it was it was fun. Great dad moment. You know, we yeah. set up some targets at 60 yards, and I said, "Look, you you run the gun, and if you can shoot 
all three clay pigeons in a row, I'll take you to shoot something, right? Sure. And sure enough, boom, 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 here we go, we're on a rabbit hunt, right? <laughs> and uh, it got me thinking, I'm halfway tempted to build myself a left-handed gun as a right-handed shooter because there's some interesting benefits in watching him be able to work the bolt with his right hand, work the safety with his right hand, and then he handles it like a champ. Yeah. So That's that's fascinating. I, and I don't even know, maybe maybe that's my situation. Who yeah. do do most people know? Man, I don't, I don't know. And that was the weird thing. It's like I would watch him try and look through my spotting scope at deer, mm-hmm. you know, or, or watch him try and shoot his Nerf gun. And I would see him look, you know, put his cheek down right-handed and look with his left eye. And I've got a friend who's a competitive shotgun shooter, and we were at the ranch one time shooting with some friends and had a friend that just literally was having a very, very hard time shooting anything yeah. with a shotgun. And we got to look at him and said, dude, you're left eye dominant. Switch hands. Why do you hands. suck so bad at shooting? Yeah, why are you so <laughs> terrible at this? Because it's a good rifle shot, you know? Yeah. And, and so we found out is when you're looking across the gun, the gun like that, your lead can be off several feet. Uh-huh. And so he, you know, that customer, going back to him, he said, listen, don't screw him up. Start him left-handed because it may not matter for a rifle, but when you give him a shotgun or give him a pistol, He's going to be super frustrated, and you're going to have to teach him how to do it left-handed. And so, you know, that's been a thing that, that you know, we've kind of been dealing with, which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. And I'm talking to several customers here, a lot of people deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we did the, the, the fancy finger trick, close one eye, uh, for about three days in a row before we let him shoot the gun because I didn't want him to, I didn't want him to be frustrated with sure, it, you know. Sure, sure. And so it's been fun. So, he keeps telling me he needs a bigger scope, though. We have a three to nine. He's like, I want more power. <laughs> You're five years old. Yeah, that's good. He's got high aspirations. He's got high aspirations. <laughs> that's Fun. awesome. That's awesome. I've noticed, I, I don't know, I think we're pretty close in age. I'm 36, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I went to the Pride Archery season, shoot my bow. 20 yards, fine. For the first time at 30, I was having to squint a little bit. Oh, man. I was like, oh, uh, this isn't good. It hasn't <laughs> affected me looking through a rifle scope, but yep. when you're trying to line up those pins with, you know, you. Hunting, it was just like, ah. Oh, no. Getting said, old sucks, too. It does. It does. And like I said, I'm only 33, but you can you can feel it. And, yeah. and it's, oh, I know. Yeah. But, you know, for me, I went ahead and got, I did get LASIK a couple of years ago, and it's been a world yeah. changer. But you got to try, uh, on the, of course, you know, I come from an archery background. You got to try getting you a verifying peep. Mm-hmm. When you start doing some of that longer stuff, if it starts getting worse on you, um, it actually has a little glass lens in there that'll clear that up. Ah. So you can use a verifier or a clarifier to do different things. So I kind of cheat that a little bit. I've got one in my peep so that I can. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know uh, if it's yeah. happening to me yeah. yet. Okay. Well, that's what I'm going to look into <laughs> verifying. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Well, man, always great to visit with you, Derek. Me too. Uh, show season is going to be a whirlwind for you guys yeah, here. Here at DSC, and then you're at Shot and uh, Houston and what? SCI and and then NRA back in yeah. Dallas. So. I tell you, you know the thing about it though, we're excited because people don't realize how hard it is to get into these shows. Mm-hmm. You know, this is our sixth year at DSC. It's it's always been my favorite show. I've been in the industry a long time, but to get our company in some of these other shows, I mean, it took as long as three years for some of these man. And so there's serious shows, and I say that. The consumer side, you have to go to these, man. They're yeah. awesome. Everybody's here. Yep. You know? Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, there's no doubt. And I enjoy it. You know, we get to see our friends from South yeah. Africa that we oh yeah we get to see one, well, twice a year because we right, get right. to see them here and then see them <laughs> in South Africa. But uh, uh, you get to see other people from all over. I mean, your customers uh, who you fun. ship guns to that, you know, some of them show up at these shows. and that's really fun, man. Get to shake hands and, and trade hunting stories. So I appreciate you. And uh, I'm looking forward to 
seeing what we can hammer in South Africa with the. Uh, me too, the man. I'm already making my list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me too, man. Yeah. Well, thanks again. Y'all check it out. Uh, Horizon Firearms. You can go to horizonfirearms.com. Also, iotaoutdoors.com if you want to check out the new clutch. 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 That's clutch. right. Clutch. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks again, yeah. Derek. Appreciate it, Cable. All right, our good buddy Derek Ratliff of Horizon Firearms and IOTA Outdoors. That segment brought to you by John X Safaris. I'll be heading back over to South Africa. Uh, that'll be, what, June 22nd through the 30th. There's still one spot. We've got six hunters going. We can take seven. If you're interested, send me an email, LoneStarOutdoorsShow at gmail.com. Love to have you. If not, hey, start thinking about 2019 because we're going to make this an annual trip, and I would love to have you join. And if you want more info on John X Safaris, you can find it at johnxsafaris.co.za. All right, let's take a break. Up next, something that I've wanted to do for a very long time is break down this idiotic article published by National Geographic titled Trophy Hunting May Drive Extinctions Due to Climate Change, written by uh, Stephen Leahy. And I'll explain exactly why that's a load of crap next, right here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Well, I drink whiskey. I've smoked weed Been hopelessly addicted To the pain surrounding me And I've been lonesome Hey, it's Justin at DontTradeItIn.com Have you ever felt like you didn't get enough for your trade-in at a car dealership? You probably didn't. Trade-ins usually become inventory and most car dealerships are like other businesses. They want inventory costs to be as low as possible. DontTradeItIn.com buys vehicles for more, guaranteed. Are you worried about mechanical and or cosmetic issues? Not planning on replacing your vehicle? No problem, we'll still make you a cash offer. DontTradeItIn.com even buys customized, off-road, special interest, classic, and exotic vehicles. Head over to DontTradeItIn.com, answer some quick questions, and you get a cash bid on your vehicle in no time. DontTradeItIn.com or call or text us at 469 300 9669. Again, that's 469 300 9669. A rock steady point. A covey rises. Over unders ring out. Cable here for White Rock Upland Birds, an outfit Bell and I have hunted with many times. Whether you bring your bird dogs or use their polished pointers, hunting quail and pheasant on the White Rock Trophy Ranch is an experience to remember. Located 45 minutes from DFW in Italy, Texas, White Rock will waive the $150 guide fee if you mention the Lone Star Outdoors show. Plus, save $25 off any package if you bring your own dogs. So grab your buddies and shotguns and call 972-880-9068 today. Hey, North Texas sports fans, this is Brian Spagnola, General Manager of Texas Motor Cars in Addison. My family's been in the car business for over 50 years, and I want to show you the difference in buying from a family-owned and operated business. TexasMotorCars.com is an awesome website that lets you do virtually all of your shopping online. We have a professional photographer that takes amazing photos, and we give you all the information that you'll need up front. You can even find out how much we will give you for your trade-in before you ever come in. I take pride in the fact you can come in, choose a car, and be out in less than an hour. We have financing rates starting at 1.79% on pre-owned vehicles and can help almost anybody. Please do yourself a favor. If you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle of any kind, give us a shot. Let me show you how easy buying a vehicle should be. Visit TexasMotorCars.com or come visit our 20,000-square-foot indoor showroom in Addison. Again, visit TexasMotorCars.com or call us at 1-888-9-TX-MOTORS. Back that afternoon, 
our very own Jason Eady, God Fearing Blues, bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show, powered by Dallas Safari Club. Uh, thanks to Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris, our presenting sponsors. As always, I'm Cable Smith, and thank you guys and gals for being here today. As you know, we've got an interesting, well, topic to get into. Really, it's just going to kind of be me breaking down this just absolutely asinine piece that was published in late November by National Geographic. And, uh, you know, Nat Geo does some good stuff, but by and large, when they publish something as flagrantly inaccurate as this piece written by uh, Stephen Leahy, then really, in my opinion, they've lost all journalistic credibility and uh, are nothing more than just a, a picture magazine of, you know, hey, here's some cool animals, come look at them. And then undoubtedly, they'll always mix in some third world, topless, indigenous women. Why they feel like they have to do that, I don't know, but it just kind of seems to be their calling card. Anyway, before I break down this piece, this segment brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy. They've got shops in Marion and San Antonio. And once you've taken that wall hanger animal, or you've caught that 30-inch trout, taking your measurements, taking your pictures, hopefully let the trout go alive because Josh and Becky, yeah, they can make a perfect replica for you. Uh, but, hey, whether it's a white-tailed deer, black bear, it doesn't matter. For your next trophy, give Rustic Reminders a call. You can find them at gr8mounts.com. That's gr8mounts.com. Okay, well, like I said, let's go ahead and, uh, and discuss this piece here written by Stephen Leahy. Uh, it's titled, Trophy Hunting May Drive Extinctions Due to Climate Change. One of our listeners sent me this link back in November, and I told him that, yeah, I would love to uh, break this down because it's downright offensive. And in the first sentence of the entire piece, he says, trophy hunters as well as poachers. So he's already lumped us in with poachers. Well, that right there is a red flag uh, because there's nothing farther from the truth. Poachers are not hunters. End of story. Uh, but so he continues, trophy hunters as well as poachers who harvest the big males, antelopes, deer with the largest antlers, elephants with the longest tusks, or lions with the most impressive manes are putting those species at greater risk of extinction with climate change. Okay, so now here the author already in the first sentence has lumped us in with poachers and thrown in climate change into this piece. So he's on off to a killer start. And then he goes on to reference a new study put out by the Queen Mary University of London, England, in proceedings with the Royal Society of Biological Sciences. Quote, trophy animals tend to be the most evolutionary fit and possess the high-quality genes a population needs to adapt quickly to a changing environment. Let me ask you this. Why the hell are we listening to anything coming out of Queen Mary University in London, England? London, and England for that matter, uh, most of Europe, doesn't have any trophy animals that aren't behind high fences. End of story. They've killed them all off. So what the hell do they know about wildlife management? Literally, they do not have any wildlife left to manage. And when it comes to the conservation initiative and model, the world looks at us. They don't look at London, England. So we will dismiss that without a second thought. Because if you don't have any skin in the game, which they clearly don't, then you're certainly not qualified to conduct a study on something that you don't know anything about. He continues by, by claiming that um, these trophy-quality animals father a high percentage of the offspring but are often killed before they can spread their good genes around. Also false. Anyone listening to this show knows that by a year and a half, 
Whitetail Buck is already trying to get into the reproduction game. By two and a half, he is an active member of the breeding population. And some studies that actually are conducted in places where deer live, unlike this study, um, will prove that as deer age, they get up to six, seven, and if they make it to eight, they are doing less and less of the breeding. So that prime time, yeah, it's between three and five years old, which is not when they're going to have their most impressive headgear. So by the time they have grown to a trophy class animal, for the most part, they've done the majority of their breeding that they will do in their lifetime. Uh, they've sown their wild oats. So another false here uh, in this piece. And I'll continue. Okay, next thing he talks about is environmental change now being a reality across the globe. He says the study shows that some animal populations facing even relatively light hunting pressure are more vulnerable to extinction than is generally believed. That is flat out not true. The greatest threat to wildlife populations in our world is habitat loss, okay? That, and then secondly, wildlife-human interaction. Now, if you want to say that global warming is the cause of some habitat loss, that's an argument that we could have. And for animals like polar bear, I'd say, yeah, that's actually a legitimate concern. That's one species in the Arctic, okay? Here, Leahy is using an incredibly broad brush to paint all trophy hunting as the root of evil and possibly extinction in some species. Well, let me tell you what the reality actually is, and that is the only thing that is funding habitat conservation in the United States and elsewhere is hunters' dollars. By and large, that is the only thing saving that habitat, whether you're talking about uh, within your specific state, within a, a national park, wherever. Those conservation dollars that flow from hunters are put back onto the ground. No one else is doing that. No one else is paying for that out of their own pocket, willingly. I'm talking from a 200,000-acre wilderness where you and I elk hunt on public land to keeping the restroom operable at your favorite boat ramp uh, on your area lake. I mean, all of it, every bit of it, stems from hunters and anglers. And you know what hunters and anglers like to do? We like to take the most mature animal. That's right, the biggest buck. We want to catch the biggest bass. And because of our affinity for those trophies, that money raised goes back into the habitat itself. So if you're connecting the dots, which I'm sure you are, um, you realize that trophy hunting is what actually keeps this habitat viable for these animals. Global warming has nothing to do with it. Climate change has nothing to do with it. You still have to have the habitat. Whether temperatures rise 5 degrees over the next 100 years on average, it doesn't matter. If there's no habitat, yeah, the animals are going to go extinct. Uh, of course they are. But that's where we come in, and we aren't going to let that happen. Uh, one other thing he mentions in here, he quotes a, uh, a Dr. David Coltman, professor of biological sciences at the University of Alberta. He claims that his study on bighorn sheep proves that decades of trophy hunting have resulted in a 20% decline in the size of ram's horns in today's sheep. Well, okay, that's interesting, but all I had to do to find out that that was a lie was Google Boone and Crockett all-time bighorn sheep. And you know what I found? You won't believe this. 10 out of the 20 biggest bighorn sheep ever killed in North America were killed after the year 2000. 
And of those 10, nine of them have been killed since 2008. So nine out of the all-time top 20 killed since 2008. What in the hell is this guy talking about? It doesn't make any sense, right? No, of course it doesn't because trophy hunters are selective. We shoot only the oldest and most mature. So why in the hell would that result in a 20% decrease in the size of bighorn rams horns? It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, why this was even published is beyond me. And let me tell you, Boone and Crockett, my friends, has been keeping track of bighorn sheep scores for over 100 years. Uh, the first one recorded in the scorebook is from 1911. So they've, they've been doing this a long time. Well, then how in the hell are 10 out of the top 20 uh, taken here in the 2000s with nine of those 10 after the year 2008? Does that make any sense at all? Of course not. So uh, that basically summarizes what I want to cover uh, in this article. Uh, thanks again to our listener, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, who sent me the link to this piece because I found it um, just offensive, to be honest with you. If there was a piece of truth in it, I, I didn't find it. Shame on Stephen Leahy for writing it. Shame on Nat Geo for publishing it. And it just goes to show you guys and gals that we are under attack from all sides at all times. So stick together. Take a newbie hunting. That is my challenge to each and every one of you. Uh, this whitetail season, yeah, it's come and gone. But hey, there are still plenty of other opportunities. Take someone new turkey hunting. Take a kid fishing this spring. Introduce somebody into the great outdoors because that is our future and that will be our legacy and that segment was brought to you by lone star beer the national beer of texas i'll be honest i might need a lone star beer after uh, having to wade through all of that bs but anyway lone star beer the national beer of texas unfortunately we've got to go got to get out of here we are flat out of time thanks to our guest today Derek ratliff of horizon firearms also deval county whitetail deer lease manager and big buck aficionado Jim Stenson. Uh, it was great hearing his tale of the super buck, which ultimately, you know, thank goodness there was a little bit of a happy ending there. I uh, also want to thank all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of the Lone Star Outdoors show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors.